Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today uh, has been, uh, is dedicated for a complete refuah for Chana Batsimafega and Yashimum Mazafotune and the Kobu is sponsored by David Yashin on review and uh, your capacity to go today and every day. Let us begin, my dear friends. There is a famous uh, mitzvah that comes out of this week's parasha. And it's important to understand the background of the mitzvah. And I want to read to you the words of the Sefer HaChinuch, which says something that's so beautiful and needs really to be appreciated, to be heard in its original form, to be appreciated properly. The language of the Pasuk is as follows. Therefore, the Jewish people, they do not eat the Gidan Hashem. They do not eat this sciatic nerve. Now, what's the background of this, uh, of this mitzvah? Yaakov Avinu goes back across the river to go get his uh, final remaining pachim ktanim, the small uh, vessels. As he gets the small vessels, what happens? A man approaches him and begins to wrestle with him the entire night. Al-Chachamim explained to us that who is this uh, angel? Who is this person? It's the angel actually of Esav that is fighting with Yaakov Avinu effectively in an eternal battle, the battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil. Um, the angel sees that he cannot best Yaakov Avinu. He sees he can't best him. And he, he uh, touches Yaakov's, uh, the, the area of the thigh, the place where the socket is in the thigh. And what happens? And Yaakov starts to limp. He's injured until the, until the morning sun, when the sun comes out and Yaakov Avinu is healed. Okay, now really important to understand is now the Pasuk says, Alken, therefore, so after what we just got finished telling you, since this is what happened, therefore, Jewish people do not eat Gid HaNasheh. Now, I want to point out, it's very important. This means different things to different parts of the Jewish people. We have some Ashkenazim here this morning. We have some Sefaradim here this morning. Okay, Sefaradim and Ashkenazim have different outcomes from this mitzvah. For Sefaradim, that means that you can't eat the Gidan like the Pasuk says. For Ashkenazim, you know what that means? They chop off the whole back of the animal and they have to sell it at a much cheaper price to people who are not Jewish. Or Sefaradim. <laughs> the whole rump of the animal. Okay? Why? Because Ashkenazim do not hold that they have the, the requisite knowledge and uh, ability to remove the Gid and Hashem, the sciatic nerve. Why don't they think so? Because a nerve is not just like a string. The nerve has like many different branches that kind of go out into the, uh, into the flesh. And therefore, if you pull out your Nikur, you take out the, ve- the main vein, the sciatic nerve, you might leave behind as you're pulling it out various elements of the branching off of that nerve into the place and not notice it. So therefore, since they're afraid that they might be unable to remove it properly, so therefore they don't eat it at all. And my friends, and by the way, a lot of times a person will say, kosher meat is not good meat. You know why? Because they salt it. It's not because they're salting it. It's because the best parts, the best cuts of meat come from that part of the animal. If you're cutting off the whole back part of the animal because you hold that we can't effectively remove the gida nasheh, like the Ashkenazim today hold, then you're left with only the other parts of the animal. So, Sefaradim that are 
that consider themselves capable and having a misora, a tradition to be able to effectively remove it, are able to eat this part of the animal. Now, be that as it may, we have to understand why is it that we are not allowed to eat from this Gidan Hashem? What is it? It sounds like a very random thing. Yaakov Avinu got hit over there. Okay, now we're no longer going to eat the Gidan Hashem. Why? Uh, can I give you an example of why I'm asking this question? Earlier in the parasha, it says in the pasuk that Esav came to Yaakov, va'yinashikeu, and in the Torah there's dots all along the top where it says and he kissed him va'yinashikeu, to tell you not to read va'yinashikeu and think that that's what it means, but rather like an asterisk telling you refer down to the bottom. This means something else. Doesn't mean what it says. It means. And if you look down, you'll see, Rashi will tell you, that the Chachamim tell us, why does it say, Vayinashkeu, with a dot on it? Because really what was going to happen was, Vayinashkeu, he tried to bite him. Chazal tell us that he tried to bite Yaakov Avinu on the neck. Yaakov's neck became very uh, solid, like a, a piece of marble. Esav was unable to bite him. And then, what did he do instead? That's when he kissed him. How come we don't say that you're not allowed to have any meat from the neck. Because Yaakov Avinu was bitten on the neck. Why? Just because Yaakov is hit somewhere, why in the world would that make it that you and I today can't eat from the Gid Hashem? So I want to share with you two approaches. Sorry? You can. My question is, if when Yaakov gets hit somewhere, that becomes Asur meat, how come the neck is not Asur? And if he was, then it would be, then it would be, all right. So I want, to pay, I, want you to, I want you to pay attention to this, to this chinuch. Says the Sefer HaChinuch. Mishoshem mitzvah zu, the root of this mitzvah, or as he's usually always careful to say, not the root, but he says mishoshem, from amongst the roots of. In other words, this is not everything, but this is one of the root concepts that under, underpins this mitzvah. In order that should be assigned to the Jewish people. Even though they're going to undergo many different difficult circumstances in their bitter galuyot, in their bitter exiles. From the nations and from the sons of Esav. They should remember, they should be sure, they should be confident that they will not be eliminated, they will not be eradicated. They will always be able to, no matter how many times they get knocked down, to stand up again. And a Redeemer will come and bring them redemption. And when they remember this all the time, through the mitzvah which is going to be for a memory, that memory, that, they, that no matter how many times they get knocked down, that, that no matter how many times someone tries to injure them, they'll be able to stand again, like what happened with Yaakov, like he says, that was the, the angel of Esav, he wanted to uproot him from the world, he was unable to do so. He heard him. It was painful. It was difficult. 
We're going to have, we're going to be suffering. We're going to have pain. Look around me over here. We're talking about this. The whole lobby of the synagogue has pictures of people that were kidnapped. We're hurting. It's no question that they've managed to literally and figuratively to touch a nerve. In the end, we will have our salvation. Just like you find by Yaakov Avinu. That the son came out and healed him. So too the sun will shine for us again. How beautiful is this? The sun shall Mashiach of Mashiach. And he will heal us from our suffering. And he will redeem us. What a magnificent piece in the Chinuch. So just as Yaakov was injured, was hit by Esav, someone tries to knock him down. But the sun comes out and he gets healed and he's able to walk again. So too, no matter what Am Yisrael goes through, even in the darkest time, they should know that the sun will rise again. They will be healed. Vishav virafalo. They will be healed and they will, be, uh, they will return uh, stronger than ever with the coming of the Mashiach. But the Chinuch says two extra words that most people miss. The Chinuch says, and if they know that in their darkest times, Ya'amdu, they will rise, they will stand be'emunatam u'bitzidkatam with their emunah and with their righteousness. You see, what stands oftentimes in the way of emunah and righteousness is the depression, is the sadness, is the hopelessness that this situation is never going to get better. And my friends, I will tell you, that every successive generation that has experienced, whether it is the sword, or being burned at the cross, or being driven from the Arab lands, no one talks about the, uh, the fact that every single, Jewish, every single Jewish community in the Arab world was driven out of their homes. Our refugees, you have no time for. Our raped women, you don't want to notice. Our hostages, you have... It's unbelievable, and it's disheartening. But says the Chinuch, remember that they will always try and knock you down, and in the end, the sun rises again, the next page gets turned, and what happens? And Am Yisrael is healed with the coming of the Mashiach, Meravi, Amen, Amen. And our Emunah, and our Tzidkut, it, it rises when we have that feeling when we know at the end it's going to be okay. So that feeling is very important. Now, to me, I read this chinuch and it filled me with such a sense of, you see, all the years of my life, I was reading this mitzvah exactly the opposite way of the way it was meant to be written. And unfortunately, the way that I read it is the way that the majority of people read things that have to do with Judaism. It's almost as if my whole life I understood why are we not eating the Gidan Asher? Because Yaakov got hit in the Gidan Asher. Effectively, that Judaism celebrates, commemorates suffering. We hold on to suffering. We remind ourselves and recall suffering. So a generation post-Holocaust grew up all the time being told, the world hates you, it's the end of the world, you have no place to go, it's a disaster. And by the way, that was a hard-won lesson. 
that your friends are fair weather friends. And you know what? In a few minutes, when this is all over, you know, all the people that are marching who could not give a darn, by the way, they never cared about the Palestinians before. And I promise you, when we have peace, they're never going to care about the Palestinians again. They didn't care when the Palestinians were being murdered in Jordan, in Egypt, under Assad. They didn't, know, they didn't bat an eyelash. So the idea that they care about the Palestinians is such a farce. So my friends, why am I telling you this? You're sitting here thinking to yourself, you know, us Jews, it's so terrible. Everybody's against us. And you know what? Don't eat the Gidanasheh so that we always remember that someone's out to get the Jewish person. It's as if we're trying to hold on to this feeling of, you know, sadness, of victimhood, of traumatization. Post-Holocaust education is all about, by the way, the trauma, the suffering, the crimes, and the tragedies. And by the way, on a certain level, it must be. Because already, even with blatant physical evidence, uh, eyewitness accounts, already you have people who call it the hollow hoax. They don't believe it ever happened. So it's very important to be able to remind ourselves, to document, to bear witness. Very important. But my friends, there were countless, countless stories of tremendous strength in the Holocaust, of unbelievable emunah and tzidkut in the Holocaust, of people giving their last morsel of bread to someone else and they themselves dying of starvation, of people taking the blame of people swapping off a younger person and getting into a, a, a quota so that they would let the kid have a better chance at living a longer life. It is so important that we don't only commemorate difficulty and pain and suffering and sadness. Because the Chinuch is telling you that the, the idea of not eating the Gidan Hashem is a celebration of life, of healing, of sunrise, and of return. It's literally the opposite of what you might, what you've always been taught Gidan Hashem is. Now to me, I must share that it's quite an interesting idea. Let me say one other thing because there's another reason that's brought down in the Rishonim. And I want to draw, I think, a, a lesson that I think parallels these two concepts. The Dad Zekenim says, the Dad Zekenim says, and you know why we don't eat from the Gidan Asher? It's a punishment for the Jewish people. You know why? Why did Yaakov get attacked? The Pasuk tells us, Vayivater Yaakov levado, and Yaakov was left alone, Vayyavek ish imo. And this man, this angel, came and attacked him, indicating that if Yaakov had not been left alone, then the attack would not have happened. But he did, he did uh, put his family away to keep him safe, and that's why he's alone. Yaakov is ferrying everyone across. But now he's left alone. But it's important to understand. It doesn't say, and Yaakov was alone. It says, Vayivater Yaakov levado. And Yaakov was left alone. Someone could have gone back with him. Someone should have gone back with him. And what allowed him to get attacked was the fact that he was alone. Now, why am I sharing this? It says the Dad Zekenim, listen to what he says. Since the Jewish people 
did not do the right thing because they let him go alone and they did not accompany him. And he was harmed in the Gidan Therefore, the Gidan is forbidden. In order that we should be careful with the mitzvah of levaya, of escorting someone when they leave your home. We've discussed this many times. One of the mitzvot of Hachnasat Orchim is eating, giving the person food. One of the mitzvot of Hachnasat Orchim is Shtiyah, giving the person something to drink. One of the mitzvot of Hachnasat Orchim is Levaya, to walk the person out of your house. So it's a funny concept, because on the one hand, you're saying Hachnasat Orchim, the mitzvah is to welcome the person in. How could part of the mitzvah of welcoming the person in be about walking him out of the house? Really supposed to be four amot from your door. Eight feet from your front door, you're supposed to walk the person out. Off of your, out of your property, down the hall, front of the house. Why? Well, how could that be part of Achnasat Orchim? In fact, the rabbis tell us, one of the opinions, there's two opinions. It says, Vayita and Avraham planted Eshel, a tree, in that place. And the Chachamim tell us, Eshel is an acronym for Achila, Shtia, and either Lina, sleeping, or the other opinion is, Levaya for accompanying. But how could Hachnasat Orchim have in it a mitzvah which is about getting, taking the guy outside your house? Hachnasat means bringing him in. And the answer is, when you walk a person out properly, he doesn't feel like you're happy to get rid of him. It's not the leaving that is enhanced. It's the Hachnasat that is enhanced. When he looks back on this Shabbat meal in your home, when he looks back at this, that you, that you welcomed him in, does he feel like you couldn't wait to get rid of him? Or does he feel like even when he was leaving, you couldn't bear to be apart? You walked him downstairs, you opened the door, you walked him down the block. That levayat changes fundamentally the hachnasah. It changes the, the, the fact that you had him in your house. And it colors that experience for the person in his memories. So the Dad Zekinimi Ba'alei Tosafot, he explains that the reason why we're not eating Gida Hashem is so to speak as a punishment and as a reminder for the fact that we let down the side. Now to me, what a beautiful thing. It's not a random thing. Yaakov got injured. Okay, we have to commemorate that forever. No. The first shot is we're commemorating the inevitable rise of Am Yisrael from being knocked back, from being set back. That's the first opinion. The second opinion is we're commemorating a mistake. We're reminding ourselves never to make a mistake that we made again. Leaving behind. Now, to me, there's a double whammy here because it's not just a guest that they didn't uh, accompany. It's their father. And there's an extra special misvah to be able to give this feeling to one's parents that they're, that they're taking care of them and being with them and having them over and spending time with them is not a burden, but rather a privilege. And that's the concept of levaya, of walking someone out. It's also the concept, by the way, of levaya, of accompanying someone on their final journey. After someone passes away, we walk with the, uh, with the mitah of the person. We walk, we stop, we walk again, we stop, we walk again. Seven times according to the, uh, the, the prevalent custom. So what we're doing is we're saying to this person that we wish they were still here with us in this world. My friends, why am I sharing this? I think that these two ideas are not separate concepts. 
but actually part and parcel of the same idea. Because as we know, what is it that stops the Jewish person from seeing the sunrise? What is it that causes us to get hit and hit and hit with no salvation in sight? It's when we forget to walk together with our friends. In, uh, there's a famous football team in England. And one of the most famous football songs in all the world is, goes, and you will never walk alone. Do you remember that? <laughs> Liverpool. And if you ever had a chance to hear the stadium sing it, I, don't, I never went to the football match there, but I remember that one of the most famous players, when he retired, the whole stadium, and he's walking off into the sunset, and he's, you know, he gave them his whole career, and he's walking off into the sunset, and the 70,000 or whatever number it is strong are singing, and you will never walk alone. Now, if they could sing that in Liverpool, and if they could sing that to someone who kicks a piece of leather into a nylon netting, and that is his greatest contribution to humanity, okay? If they could sing that with such feeling and passion that everyone in the stands is crying, what does it feel like to say those words to your brother, to your sister, to someone who's lost someone in this, in this terrible, terrible war, to a family who has all the most beautiful future sitting in front of them, a young woman who's on her way to teach, who's pregnant with her first child, was murdered yesterday at the bus stop at the entrance to Jerusalem. That the young man who risks his life to run out of the car with his family to shoot the terrorists that are killing people at the bus stop. And the soldiers don't know in the panic of the moment they see a guy in civilian clothes shooting. They think he's one of the terrorists and they shot him and he passed away yesterday. The feeling that we feel for these families, that they should feel, and you never walk alone. You want to know what will allow Am Yisrael to experience what the Chinuch writes about, the sunrise of Mashiach. You want to know what's going to bring it. It's the pshat of the Da'at Zekerim Tosavot. That when someone has to go back to get the smallest vessels, they need to go back one more time. You know what? We make sure to walk with them. The Chachamim tells us, and I'll end with this, that what is the punishment? You know, the punishment of Gida Nashe is you can't eat Gida Nashe. I'll tell you a little secret. You know who wanted to eat Gida Nashe before you told me I wasn't allowed to eat it? Nobody. The veins don't taste like anything. The veins are chewy. No one wants to eat the Gida Nashe. If you tell me I can't have steak, okay. You tell me I can't have a nice scotch, okay. You tell me I can't eat uh, brownies, fine. From now on, you're not allowed to eat the chicken bone of the chicken leg. I wasn't eating it anyway. <laughs> so what's the punishment? The Sfarim tell us something amazing. The punishment is the tircha, the effort it takes to be able to remove it. Why? Because what makes you let someone walk by himself and not go accompany him? Hassle, pain in the neck, struggle, tircha. I need to go downstairs with the guy now. 
Harit, I'm already in my socks. I'm ready to go to bed. I had Friday night meal. I'm done. What do you do? The reason why you don't walk with him is because it's extra effort. Says the Torah, if you don't put the effort in here, you're going to put the effort in anyway later. And now, it's not going to cost you the effort. But later, the effort's going to cost you. Making shalom when we're not under the gun is not something we're great at. But when we make the shalom later, what a cost we had to pay to make the shalom later. To do the effort, to make that effort of building the bridge later. So we're learning from the Gida Nasheh. You want the sunrise? Stand together. Those two pshatim, I think, are beautifully complementary. As we say, We should be zochet to see the returning of all of our hostages. We should be zochet to see the ingathering of all exiles, no matter where they might be, in any country in the world, to return to Eretz Yisrael, to be able to stand together once again in the Beit HaMikdash. I always love this idea. You know, it says in the, in the, in the, the time of the Beit HaMikdash, when everyone would go to the, Beit, to the temple, it would be so crowded, it would be omdim tzifufim. When they would stand, they would stand like this. But when they would bow, there was enough room. Miracle. When they would stand, they would stand, it would be very, you know, tight, shoulder to shoulder. Omdim tzifufim. And I think to myself, Maybe that's the thing that we pray for the most. That when we once again go to the Beit HaMikdash, we'll be zochet to stand, shoulder to shoulder. That we will be omdim tzifufim. There'll be no daylight between us. There'll be, it will be easy for us to be able to remember and to experience and to feel that kulanu ish achal anachnu, that we are all the children of one person. And you know what none of the sons of Yaakov could have said on that night? Know what not one of the sons of Yaakov could have said on that night? It's your fault. Reuven could not say to Shimon, if you had gone back, Shimon could not say to Levi, it's your fault, you didn't accompany dad. Yehuda could not say to Yosef, Yosef could not say to Asher, Naftali could not say to Dan. You know why? Because everyone was as responsible as everyone else for letting him be alone. In the end of time, it won't be the right that will be able to say to the left, it's your fault. Or the left able to say to the right, or this type of chassid to that kind of sefaradi, or that kind of sefaradi to that kind of person, it will be everyone's fault for not taking the first step towards their brother. So that there is never a situation of vayivater Yaakov levado that a, a Yaakov should be left alone. Baruch Adonai